This is Shi'ar Jeshub, a Bible study program coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be listening to the conclusion of a sermon in the Heavenly Authority series by Pastor Greg Scalza. Pastor's focus for this message has been the New Testament office of miracles, dunamis in the Greek, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And when we left off, Pastor was describing the condition of society today. You have in our society a tremendous amount of doubt on anything to do with the existence of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kids are saturated with it. Constant doubt. Darkness. And at the same time, you have a significant portion of our society going to the occult. It's not like it's all become secular and humanistic, as they, it only becomes secular and humanistic when it has to do with God. But you know, the same teacher that's saying to the kids, how can you believe in creation when we know evolution is a fact? Well, for some strange reason, that secularistic, scientific unbelief does not extend to the occult. We have a significant portion of the society turning to the occult, deep into occultic practices. And it always amazes me when I speak to someone that's an intellectual that makes fun of the Bible and believes in evolution and like looks at you like, how can you be this archaic person to have faith in a, in a God? That if you talk to them long enough and you know them long enough, you find out they always have some type of occultic practice they're involved in, which if they're really secular, why would they go to any spiritual thing? But somehow the occultic spiritual is accepted as wise, but the good, light, spiritual of Almighty God is ridiculed. So you have these two things going on in our nation, inundated with doubt on the children and a movement toward the occult. What a time. What a time we have. And this form of godliness in our nation and throughout the world has to be combated with a demonstration of the power of God, the reality of God. There needs to be a fear of God before their face, clear signs that God is present, not just us begging, pleading, please come to Jesus. When they went out, they didn't beg and plead. They beseeched in the name of the Lord, speaking the truth with signs and wonders. And how much more we need it today. It's a necessary, that's why I emphasize this as we study in 1 Corinthians. This work of miracles is not a trivial thing. You know, some churches will say, well, we have the gospel, we don't need all that other stuff. And obviously, when you're speaking about miracles, this is at a level um, that's very difficult to see manifested. You know, it's easy to get up and teach to a degree, to a degree. It's easy to read from the scriptures. It's, it's doable to evangelize. But when you talk about miraculous signs, we've studied the laws of nature. We've spent a significant time on the first law of thermodynamics. These are the laws in place after the creation, after the fall. Energy and matter does not come into existence and out of existence, right? First law, the conservation law. That's the law that God has over the creation right now. Things don't pop in and pop out. Right? 
is a conservation. Second law of thermodynamics, things don't become organized by themselves. They don't become structured. They, they don't become ordered. Things fall apart. Things decay. Things unravel. Things spiral down. But when you're speaking about miracles, it's a supernatural event where you're superseding the laws of this world, the earthly laws that God has established, with the heavenly laws of the power of God as seen at the creation, where something did come from nothing, right? Where order was spoken into chaos. God can do it, right? We can't do it, but God can do it. Well, that same power of the kingdom of heaven seen at the creation now supersedes and comes in and breaks through the laws, the earthly laws in this realm. And you have a purposeful creation that only God can do being accomplished through his children, given to his children, calling that which is not that it is to exist, calling it into being. And that's a tremendous power, a tremendous miracle. It requires a lot of faith. It requires a lot of prayer. And so it's very easy to put on the back burner because how can we pray for that? How can we give that much energy to it? But how important it is, how important this gift is to the church to come back into the church, not just healings, miracles, workers of miracles that the world might see, that there might be a fear of God before their eyes before a generation has no fear. We don't experience the day in and day out. We experience the laws that God puts on nature. But now we need to experience the laws of the kingdom of heaven, as he promised. And faith opens the doors to that. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2, when Paul speaks about love, the most important thing, he says down in verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love. See, the moving of mountains, he's telling you the implicit in that passage, comes by faith. There has to be faith Obviously, love is more important, but this is a necessary tool. This is the hand of God. This is the hand of God displayed, the light of God visibly seen in this world. And it means fear and dread to those persisting in unbelief and salvation for those escaping such a generation. And faith in God opens up the door. And once we get the revelation of the necessity of this gift and believe in it, um, how many supposed Christians, even good-intentioned Christians, think miracles have passed away? And they're in total agreement then with the secularists who don't believe miracles ever happened at all. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verse 11 to verse 13, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works. Well, Jesus walked on water. Jesus multiplied loaves and fishes. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified 
in the sun. For such a time as this, that office, that gift, needs to be restored. It's a dangerous, perilous time. God tells Jeremiah, we read chapter 2, but if you go the paragraph before in chapter 1, in verse 17, he says to him, Therefore, prepare yourself and arise, and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against his princes, against his priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. The power God had upon Jeremiah. Later on in chapter 15, he says the same thing. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. The power of God to bring his people into a position of might, of strength, of dunamis, of power. There's a time for everything. There's a time to submit. There's a time to be passive. There's a time to show long-suffering. And then there's a time for strength. There's a time to stand firm. There's a time to shine out the strength of God. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes as Christians, we just, you know, we go to the one, and because we focus so much on that, we become wash rags. We become footmats to be trampled over. But you know, Jesus, one last scripture, talked about us not being trampled over, rather us being the ones to trample. And if you look with me, the last scripture in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, all the dunamis in the Greek, of the enemy. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Don't get on a power trip. I'm giving you the power. But rejoice, rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. The church is called to be in a powerful position, dunamis, miracles, power, might, force, ability. And let us pray that God restores that working, that gift, that office to his church. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be gracious to your church at this time, at this dangerous time, Lord God, at this perilous time. And in the face of increasing paganism and increasing darkness, Father, 
that even as the heavens are shaken and shocked by the rejection of you when you have done nothing but bless and give and help. Father God, shake the heavens once again as you did at the day of Pentecost and pour out your Holy Spirit upon your church that in this darkness we might stand and stand firm, that the light of your glory, of your love and your power might shine out, that the reality of your hand might be manifested. Father, that miraculous signs and wonders and miracles would accompany, Lord God, the going forth of your word, the proclamation of Jesus Christ, that a generation that does not know will see and turn to you, and a generation that has turned from you will be afraid and dismayed and in dread that there would be a fear of God before their face. Father God, reach out your hand, fulfill your scriptures, reestablish this gift in your church, reestablish this office in your church, that your church might not be in part, but might have a full body, capable and prepared for that which is to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Our Sunday sermon is live-streamed on YouTube at 10.30 a.m. Afterwards, it is posted up not only on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel on YouTube, but also on Rumble.com and now on the church website itself at www.shiarjeshub.org. You will find links to all three options on the Shi'ar Jeshub .org homepage, along with links to our radio program library.